Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This episode is brought to you by Direct TV Stream. Introducing Direct TV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. So whether you want to catch the game live or watch the latest blockbuster, they've got you covered. And there's no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. All right, I am happy to be with Anderson Miller, uh, former uh, draft pick by the Kansas City Royals. Anderson, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I just got done working out. Uh, it's nice to be on the interview side again. Uh, you know, the one being interviewed, not giving the interview. This is nice, man. I get to in- sit back, relax, and enjoy this. So let's do it. Yeah, it's nice because after this, you just chill, you just go, and I got to do all the editing, the, yeah. the mixing, and all that stuff. So you know. Being on the interviewer, interviewee side is a little bit easier, probably, because you just jump off and you're done. But uh, let's actually jump. Let's start by talking about your podcast. What got you into the idea of starting a podcast? Because everyone does it now. But like you're able to put out not just a podcast, but a podcast with quality content. Thank you, man. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah, let's just jump into it. So uh, I've, I started my own podcast. Uh, I got hurt to end the season. I was in AAA with uh, the Royals. Uh, had a really unfortunate play, went up to rob a home run, ankle got, cleat got stuck in the wall, um, basically tore my ligament in my ankle, and that ended my season two and a half, three months early. Unfortunate, but, you know, I was playing the game the right way, trying to make a play. It is what it is. So I went down to Arizona, and you have a lot of time to reflect when you're in rehab, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you go to the field, you do your rehab, you do your workout, you do some hot, hot tub, cold tub therapy, all that stuff. And then you've got the rest of the day and you know, I'm sitting in the hotel and I'm just can't really do much. I'm in my boot and I'm like, man, I need to figure out a way to pass the time a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I've actually, in the past, I've been asked to do a lot of interviews, pregame interviews, postgame interviews, be, be guests on podcasts. Um, and with all the connections that I've kind of formed through, through the last, you know, six, seven years of being in the being in minor league baseball and just getting to know a lot of people in the baseball world. I'm like, man, first of all, I don't feel like there's a lot of people that are doing it from my angle, especially in baseball, still playing. You know, I'm I'm not a I'm not done playing. I'm a free agent right now, but I still plan on continuing to play. For sure. Not a not a whole lot of, of that angle of looking looking from you know, still being in the jersey and kind of looking into the stands or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was like number one. I was like, ah, I, got, I got a unique angle. I know a lot of people, a lot of people that, you know, everyone gets to see the player, but they don't necessarily know the person under the jersey. Right. And I I started my show because I want people to become fans of people and really get to know what makes them them, mm-hmm. you know, what makes people who they are right now. And where they are right now is not necessarily where they've always been. So all of that considered, 
um, I just started kind of drafting away notes on everything. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it, honestly, you know, I'm seven episodes in now. I just dropped my seventh episode today. Um, but it's been, you know, four or five months in the process of just kind of getting this thing right and really happy with it. And I'm enjoying it, man. It's it's nice to just kind of pass the time and get my mind off of baseball and kind of go after something else. I've I've really had fun with it. Yeah, no, podcasting, I started kind of selfishly because I'm able to talk to people as such as yourself, you know, um, and have that conversation. So I love doing it on my side. Um, when you ask people that you play with or people that you know in the sport of baseball, what are their thoughts when you ask them? Are they, you know, like, hey, I'm starting a podcast. Like, come on the podcast and talk to me. What are their uh, reaction? Uh, they're excited. Honestly, everyone I've asked is like, yeah, man, let's go. Like, you tell me when. And, you know, I try to stay a couple episodes ahead on recording wise. Um, yep. So I really start kind of planting the seeds and we talk about doing this. It's not just like a spur of the moment thing, but uh, everyone's been excited to do it, especially, you know, baseball. There's not a whole lot of people that are doing podcasts that are playing. I know, I think I saw Ian Happ has one um, yeah, with, Bar- with Barstool, right? Yeah. Big, big time podcast. Um, other than that, I don't know a whole lot of players that are doing it. I know in football, you've got the, you know, the bussing with the boys on Barstool mm-hmm. and uh, and then NBA, there's uh, JJ Redick and CJ McCollum. They have their own podcast. Mm-hmm. But those are, kind of, those are kind of the types of people that inspired me a little bit and you know, this could turn into something that I do post baseball also. Oh, sure. So yeah. just, I was like, man, you know, it's one of those things like, it's like, ah, I'll start it. I'll start it someday. And then yeah. you never, you never really do. But the biggest thing was just like going for it and yeah. actually, you know, putting episodes out and, and just kind of learning along the way. Like I'm learning all this stuff for the first time, like editing and, yeah. you know, figuring out how to do pictures and, and put up video clips and make it actually look like I know what I'm doing. Yeah, it's been, real. uh, it's been a process, but honestly, man, it's been really fun. No, dude, I love it. Like I and I'm with you. I always try to record at least a week in advance because I've had you know things come up, right? Like oh, you yeah, know, um, I can't record. Like and I'm always already have an episode planned. Um, for me, like I don't have that those connections that you do. So I'm always just grinding, trying to you know it, you know form those connections, and I love it. Just being able to be out there grinding. Um, like I said, everyone can start a podcast. I mean, I feel like everyone is starting a podcast, but right. That's the easy part, but continuing it when, you know, when it gets a little tough, when you hear a lot of no's, you know, stuff like that. Um, so tell me what got you into baseball? Like, at what age did you realize, like, I love this game and I can play it and I can play it really well? So I've always played baseball. I was growing up, I was a three sport guy. I played basketball, football, baseball. My dad was a, actually a college basketball player. Um so I was always doing all, all three, but baseball always came to me the easiest. But like, honestly, hooping was my favorite by far. Okay. I love to play basketball, like, and I still do, but I don't really because I haven't gotten to play because I don't, that's not the way I want to go out, like playing rec ball and, right, right. you know, that being the reason I get put on the shelf or having to call it a career. So I'm putting on hold my hoop dreams, but you know, like I've always had the mentality of like a football player, a basketball player, but baseball always came to me easiest. Um, and, you know, as I got older, just continued to develop a passion for it. And I grew up in Lexington, Kentucky. So Reds games were always on TV. I mm-hmm. got to watch a lot of King Griffey Jr. back in the pinstripe jerseys, Barry Larkin, you know, um, Austin Kearns went to my high school. Um, yeah. So I don't know, like I, I always just had a, a, an attraction to, to the game of uh, baseball, but 
honestly, it was just one of those things where it just like one thing led to another and it, it just kept, conti- I just kept continuing to grow into being a baseball player. Mm. Um, I actually hit my growth spurt like pretty late in high school. So like my sophomore year, I'm like, and I'm like five, seven, 135 pounds. Oh man. And it, like, we're talking right now, I'm like six two, two twenty five, 225. Right. So I didn't hit that growth spurt until I took my basketball jersey off. And then I was like, oh, man, I should have kept playing. But, like, no, nah, it all worked itself out, right? And then I was able to take baseball more serious mm-hmm. and just continue to work at it and just go after it with the mindset of, like, a student. You know, I never feel like I'm, I'm, I'm fully arrived. And I think the, the people that I continue to interview on my podcast who are successful big leaguers, like, legitimate, you know, players mm-hmm. that people look up to. And yep. that's the it's the same thing. It's like, man, I've ne- I never feel like... Uh, I've arrived, but I also know what got me here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, knowing that, I just need to continue to try to get a little bit better, a little more consistent, uh, and, and just keep that mindset of growth. That's awesome. At what point did you did you realize that, because um, you talked about baseball came easier, at what yeah. point did you realize that basketball wasn't going to work for you and baseball was going to be the sport that, you know, might take you to that next level, which is where you're going right now? Yeah, Um Man, my, so I went to a public high school, uh, Lafayette High School in Lexington, uh, really good basketball school, and we were really good, and I was on the practice squad, like, getting my ass kicked every day, man, in practice, but I loved it, because it just, like, I, in basketball, and, but I was just, I just wasn't big, I was getting just bullied around, basically, but, um, you know, I would, I actually... So I'm going to rewind a little bit. That was probably like my freshman, sophomore year. Um, eighth grade year, right? I try out for the baseball team. No, seventh grade. I'm 13, 13 years old, right? I try out for the freshman baseball team. And I showed up with a bat that was not high school regulation size. I think it was like a minus 10, right? So I still had a year of Little League, little league eligibility because of my age. I had like a fallback year or something like that. So I went and tried out for the high school team, and I made it with a Little League bat. And they're like, hey, Anderson, like, we're really proud of you for showing up and like doing your thing. We want to let you know you made the team, but, you know, take your last year of, of, of playing down there and enjoy it and then come sure. join us the next year. So I made the high school team as a, a middle schooler. And that was when I kind of knew I was like, OK, I, this might be a thing, right? This sure. might be something special. And then so I, I did that. And then I came back eighth grade year and I played on the freshman team, got to play some JV and then nice. and then went into high school. Um, and just continued to just keep playing baseball. And then I finally stopped playing basketball and other sports uh, sophomore year. And then I really just went after it. And yeah, man, like I said, I never, I just feel like I never stopped working. That's awesome. Um, so when you were playing Little League, were you just like crushing it, like the competition? Like, were you like big dog on campus kind of thing? So I was never big, but like I had a big game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, like yep. I was like I was pitching and hitting and you weren't going to get a hit off me and I was trying to take you deep and usually would be successful right yeah um I actually played in a pretty competitive literally growing up and I think that shaped me into like really being honestly some of those games that we used to play like um back in like crosstown rivals of like all-star games at Cal mm-hmm. Ripken uh, baseball were like some of the most intense that I've ever played and I feel like that really helped me as I got older and started to play in like big stages and now, you know, continuing to play in front of bigger and bigger crowds and then you get in big league camp and all these things. But, um, 
I always I feel like I was always playing up a, like up an age group or up a level. Like I was I was ten, but I would be playing against the twelve year olds, like hold my own, and that gave me confidence. I think. And as it continued, you know, it just kind of developed this trend where I was like, all right, I can hang with these guys if I just mm-hmm. keep working. And then phys- like mentally I, and ability-wise, like I knew I had it. But then physically I started to develop as well and started to learn like what a work ethic looks like and right. not just rely on natural ability. And, now I f- and then I found myself in this good place and then just kind of took off, man. That's awesome. Uh, at what point did you realize like scouts were looking at you in high school or did they kind of, were you not at that level quite yet? Um, what was that kind of like as a getting ready to go to college and picking college as, as opposed to going uh, to the major leagues? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting, right? So my journey to where I am now, not necessarily like the, um, the easy route. Sure. So in high school, I the perfect game ratings and all that stuff. I I got rated a seven point five out of ten, which is like, I want to say it's like maybe you can play um, D two JUCO, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, whatever. That motivated me for my whole life. So I would I printed that that review out, and it was a I have it, I still have it on my phone. I mean, and I look at it all the time, and it's like, I'm not a seven point five. You'll see. So I got older, and then my senior year. Uh, me and Walker Bueller played against each other growing up and on the same teams all the time, both in Lexington. And we would just go at it, man, like all the time. And um, my senior year, I ended up being first team All-State. But I was actually getting, but I was, like I said, I still was like physically not where I am now. I was just kind of like, you know, my strength coach in college (laughs) described it as like, you're a puppy with giant paws, but like you don't know what you're doing and you haven't filled out like like filled out yet like I'm like flopping around like a baby giraffe and stuff so um I was really good at pitching but like hitting like I could hit but I didn't know what necessarily what I was doing but made first team all state didn't get recruited by the bigger schools in Kentucky Um, but I did have a full ride to western Kentucky and I felt like that was a good fit for me so Mm -hmm. you know I was getting looks but there was nothing like serious interest in high school and then went to college and that's really where I kind of turned into started the foundation of where I feel like I am now, where I'm headed. How was, how was playing with Walker Bueller? Like what, what, what is he like? He's confident. Yeah. He, he knows, he knows he's good. He's honestly been about the same since we were 12, 13. Um, he's just continued to just get like a bigger version of himself. It's kind of weird, right? Like mm-hmm. he was the same mechanics and everything since we were young, you know, 12, 13, but, the biggest thing that stands out to me is like the the belief that he knows how good mm-hmm. he is and he's going to do it and he does it right and mm-hmm. and that's why I think he's been so dominant it's honestly been fun to watch and now that I've continued to become really good friends with his catcher will um me and his wife my wife and his wife went to high school together they grew up um K through 12 together so okay we've become really good friends with them and just kind of seeing behind the scenes and just hearing the ins and outs. Like it's not really a surprise to me, but just, um, yeah, I mean, I would say confidence and it's cool to see somebody you grew up with do, do what he's been doing. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, so heading into college then, um, that the, how was, how was that experience, um, playing pitching or not pitching, but when did you stop pitching actually, by the way, not science? Um, yeah, it's a good question. So, freshman year I was supposed to be I was starting pitching and also playing outfield on the weekends um I tore my labrum 
20 games oh. in. Lost my whole freshman year. Didn't get a red shirt. So I just I just lost the whole year because I played too many games at that time. The mm-hmm. rules were different. So I was pitching up until that point. Sophomore year, I took off. Um, just played outfield. And then I went to the I went to the Cape Cod League that summer. I got invited to Cape Cod. Nice. And scouts wanted to see me throw bullpens up there. So got back into pitching, but as a reliever, like setup man, closer type mm-hmm, role. Mm-hmm. And went back to college at Western. Threw all fall. Um, started throwing at the early part of the season. But then I started really kind of tapping into some power and like my position player potential. Yep. And they were like, uh, okay, this guy's going to be a position player. Um, but hey, always got in the back pocket. But I stopped yeah. pro- I stopped in like 2015. We never know. I mean, there's... I just- all countless stories of you know right, you outfielders know. infielders turning to pitchers and right. i think of sean doolittle who was a first baseman and like yeah. a really good first baseman then he became one of the best closers in baseball for several a, stre- a good stretch of time yeah. so hey you never know anderson if never you know keep that in your back pocket you may end up being you know a lights out reliever at some point hey man you never know it was uh was there anyone that you played with in college that you were able to just take deep that's now in the big leagues that you can kind of flex on um i don't i don't want to i don't want to flex on anybody but man uh i will say my best games were against the sec um vandy tennessee kentucky um mississippi state those were kind of what elevated my draft stock because you know i went to a smaller school right so those games i always had circled on my calendar like it's time especially Mm -hmm. like you know my junior year it was dansby Bueller, Fulmer, wow. all those guys that there, and I actually that was probably my in college the coolest home run I hit. You can there's a Fangraphs article on where the ball landed. Um, I'll have to send that over to you at some yeah, point. Yeah, but they yeah. they Google mapped like where the ball landed um, outside of Vandy Stadium because it like went over the street behind the right field fence, <clears throat> and uh, that was one of those that was that was one of those moments where it was like, uh, okay, this dude's for real. You know, and then I look back on it and I'm like, okay, that was, that was really, really cool, man. Who did you hit it off? I don't know. Some like, oh, okay. it, it doesn't matter. You know, it's all good. No, I mean, use this opportunity. You know, you're humble, but use this chance, you know, pump up, pump you up a little bit here. <laughs> um, so how was it getting drafted by a team that had just made it to the World Series in back-to-back years? So it's interesting, man. Um Obviously, I'm coming out of being with the Royals for six years now. So I've gotten to see the transition and mm-hmm. this kind of reemergence yeah. and this cycle, right? So for te- for teams, especially a small market team like that, to win a World Series mm-hmm. and to get to a World Series, you have to trade a lot of pieces to bring in guys right. to help you down the stretch, right? You know, you see it a lot with like the Padres and the Dodgers and teams like that t- that can afford to let go of prospects to get in big name guys to to finish yeah. out the re- the that postseason run. Yep. So the Royals to do that, they like cleaned out the system. And when I first got there, it was pretty empty, man. It really was. So, you know, my first two, three years in the system, um, minor league teams were bad for real. Like we were bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, but there was some talent there. And then, you know, you fast forward to the last three or four years, two, three years, really to be specific, like 2019, they've, we brought in a new hitting department, um, mm. started focusing on new technology and um, some just some younger minds in the game. And then 
you back that up with some good draft picks and mm-hmm. um, some young talent and we all kind of rose up together man it, it was it was pretty cool for me especially because like they kind of leaned on me to be like that player leader slash sure. role for these guys for the younger guys to like buy and like look it's working for this guy or like look how much he's changed as we've come in like you guys can do this too mm-hmm. and now our system in the last year or so um 2020 was a wash but 2021 from where it was when i first got drafted man the system went from being like bottom five in every hitting category um to being top five in this last year like mm. legitimately changed changed guys careers around it, w- it was really cool to see the whole like to see it all come full circle mm-hmm. and you know big league team that's really out of your hands but just to see like what i was a part of change and kind of be a part of the change really cool you mentioned that you were kind of like that leader that people kind of looked up to since you were kind of there at the beginning of that process. Sure. Um, how did that? How did you feel knowing that that there were younger players looking up to you? Um, and how did how do you feed off that energy? It's a privilege, to be honest. For you sure. know, especially with the guys that you know are looking up to me. We're talking like Prado and Melendez and Bobby Wood and some other guys in there that you know are really trying to see how I respond to things. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm I was at a point in my career where it was like, OK, I need to make this change because I was getting to, a, you know, you get to the higher levels of the minors and things that you can get away with on talent alone or not really necessarily knowing how to do everything perfectly um, can can work up to a certain point. And then you've got to make adjustments where it's like, OK, I need to I need to train to be a, to be able to have things that are going to make me successful in the big right. leagues. Um, and I was at that point. And like I said, I always had that mindset of like, I'm a student. Mm-hmm. I can learn from anybody. And if I'm going to do something, I'm just going to fully embrace em, embrace it and go for it. And I did. And um, just went in all in on it. And it, it really was, was cool to see. But honestly, like, you know, having that, that role or that responsibility, I, I view that as a privilege. And another reason why I kind of started the podcast, man, it's because like, you know, my voice can help somebody that, sure. and hopefully not have to go through things that I, I went through or learn from, from things that I went through that mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily have any help through, um, or had to learn things from other people and just can kind of close that time gap down to help them kind of become the best version of themselves. Dude, that's awesome. I love, I love that mentality. Um, was there anybody that you looked up to in that same way, <clears throat> um, that kind of was able to kind of guide you through your career because i mean everyone's always looking up to somebody yeah. or you can always learn from somebody who was maybe someone in the big leagues or in even in your same level uh who was someone you kind of respected and um maybe they didn't know but you were like watching them and learning from them sure um so in the off season i live here in louisville kentucky and mm-hmm. university of louisville cranks out a ton of draft picks right like quality big league players as well um just a quality program overall and Mm -hmm. with me living here i've I've gotten the chance to train i spend my off seasons around some really like good big league players specifically the one that's probably helped me the most is adam duvall with the braves um i spent my first four or five off seasons around him Mm. he just recently moved to nashville so he's not here this year Mm. but you know he's a gold glove outfielder right has hit 30 and 100 with the reds and now this year with the Braves had a great season again. Um, getting to see 
how he goes about his stuff for me was eye-opening and it, it helped me kind of see what kind of discipline and consistency it takes to be that type of player. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people are putting stuff up, up on IG every day of how they're working, but like this dude wasn't and he was just working. And sure. it was it was more of like, a, I'm going to let what I do, what my play speak for me, not putting a bunch of shit up on IG. You know, like mm -hmm. Devontae Adams the other day had that had that quote. Uh, he was like, you know, I'm not you guys don't see what I do in the off season. I play football. I'm not doing drills. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And th those he he would just man stack good day after good day up and good month after good month up. And then he would go to spring training, and do his thing. And it, it just kept happening year after year. And I'm like, OK. That's what it takes. Yeah. I need to try. I need to try my best to emulate that. And I was lucky enough because now I am. I'm 27, but he's. I want to say he's 31 or 32. So he's been a little bit older than me and just sure. always a little bit ahead. And I've always just tried to keep closing that gap. Keep closing that gap. Keep getting closer. But it's nice, man, because I always say. I always tell this to kids that I work with or like other dudes I'm training with. If you look around. And you're the best dude in the room. Like you're the best at everything. You're in the wrong mm -hmm. place. Right. You're not. You're point. not. You're not. You shouldn't feel like you are the best in the. Like you shouldn't be because that means you're not challenging yourself or pushing yourself. If you're just having success, that doesn't mean you need to fail all the time either. But like, it's it's just always trying to surround yourself with people that are where you want to get to type of type of thing. Yeah, dude, and you can apply this to like all walks of life right like, no matter what it is it, not necessarily baseball but any any job that you do or you know whatever you want to do like if you surround yourself with people who are a little bit better who can push you facts then you're always going to try to keep doing better but if you are always like a complacent you know being happy with being that one person who maybe be the best at what you're doing but you're not pushing yourself eventually you're gonna get passed up and For sure. like, talk about like the minor leagues especially because like the minor leagues is a grind. Like there's every day there's people trying to take your spot, trying to, you know, jump above you. How, how was it playing in the minor league system? Um, with that mentality, you know, knowing that, you know, you, you it's a me, you have to think about yourself, but at the same time, like you're still a team. Um, right. how was, how was it playing in the minor leagues? What was your experience like? Um, it's tricky because, I think in the younger level, the lower levels of the minor league, you're like, oh, this is cool. Like, we're all in this, in this yeah. together type of thing. Like, oh, we all came in together. And then, like, two, three years down the road, you look around and your draft class is, like, wiped out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, you were a third rounder. Yeah, you were a third rounder in 2015, but now there's a third rounder in 2016. 20, like, it's mm -hmm. just a never-ending mm -hmm. cycle. And I try to tell that to the younger guys. It's like, hey, man, there's another you coming soon. So. Yeah. You may feel important right now, but if you're not continuing to get better and continuing to improve and show that you have like a next level that you're tapping into, you're going to get passed up, yeah. which is why I kind of go back to that like mindset of this, like the student, like I'm always, I'm always trying to learn and improve because the moment you think you have it figured out, like that's when you really get passed up. I feel like when your business is starting its championship run, nothing matters more than finding and hiring the best team. With Indeed, you have the power to build a dynasty by hiring more MVPs faster. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through March 31st. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. 
And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. No matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's a good point. That's a good point. And I feel like some people who never learn that lesson, you can see that. And not just baseball, but like, again, in life. Like, that's yeah. a, a life lesson that we can all right. apply to our own personal lives. Right. Or you learn that lesson too late. True. And then, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? You're yeah. like, yeah. man, I wish I didn't think I was too good to, to try this or listen to this person or or I, my ego was too big to take that advi- that like constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. So trying to just like put your ego to the side and just assume yep. the best in people, it's not easy, right? Mm-hmm. But 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 it takes it just it takes consistent effort and intentionality to get to that place, I think. No, absolutely. Uh, what was your what was some of your favorite minor league stadiums or cities to play in? Hmm. Okay, so I just spent this whole year in AAA, first year in AAA, right? Uh, really fun. Uh, alternate site. I'm gonna go ahead and the first, the best stadium I played in was Globe Life at uh, Arlington. We played against yeah. the Rangers down there in the big league stadium. So, and there was no one in there. It's like a uh, space dome. So, how how is it playing with nobody there? Not to get off topic. Wild. Okay. It's wild. Uh, it's a really big place, and the ends the indoor like. Um, it makes you feel like you're playing baseball in this like alternate reality. I don't even know how to explain it. Uh, that was really cool place. Uh, another place that was cool this year, Columbus. Really good. There's there's like the you got the hockey team and then you got the mm. baseball team and then down the road you got Columbus Crew. So it's like all th- and then Ohio State is in the city too. So it was just a really fun place to be. But mm. for me, I'm gonna have to say the highlight of places that I've played was in Low A. I was. I was with the Royals, so that meant I played with the Lexington Legends. Like I okay. said earlier, I'm from Lexington. Oh, that's awesome. So I was, pl- I was playing at home. So, like, every weekend, I would just have my homies, like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, coming out for the cheap drinks and cheering me on and then just getting to, you know, dap them up after the game and just talk to every- all the people that I kind of came up with and mm-hmm. had been along the ride um, through some of the ups and downs. And that was really fun, man, um, playing there. In my hometown, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. The only way it could get better is if it was the big leagues. I always say yeah. that, but uh, I enjoyed Someday. that. Someday. Yeah. Facts. I it enjoyed says, that a yes, lot. Like, yeah, yeah. Speak it into existence. It's going to happen, man. I, yes, I feel sir. like it. I know. I can't wait to see you too, man. Pitching in the big leagues. That's going to be. That's gonna, I don't know what team you're going to sign sign with. I don't know how it's going to work, but well, hopefully look. I'm not. Hopefully I'm not pitching, but we'll be up there, bro. If you're pitching too, that'd be sweet though, because I mean, like, you do whatever you got to do to get up there. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's. Yeah. You, how fast did you throw? Uh, topped out. I was sat like mid low nineties, but right. topped out at like ninety five. That's good. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I I always say this. I I would rather play. I would rather hit because when pitchers mess up, they have to think about it all the time. Dude, and as a as a position player, like I can make up for a mistake like on the yeah. next play or the next pitch, and it's no big problem. It's no big deal. But uh, yeah, man, any. Any big league team would love to play for. You know, I've, I feel like I always say this, and this is just kind of me keeping that perspective that, you know, 
I'm closer today now. I'm closer now than I've ever been. Sure. And that's I kind of stick with that. That's for sure. That's good. That's good mentality to have. Right. Um, so you, you talked about some of your favorite places. What are some cities that you just like absolutely did not like playing in? <laughs> like what are some some experiences you. that you've had? I got you. Oh man. First one that comes to mind is uh Hagerstown, Maryland. The Hagerstown Suns, man. Uh it was it was just a tough place to play. The locker room was the size of a closet. Um, I don't actually think they're a team anymore. I think with the contraction they got uh you know, they they, the they ship they got the boot, which is unfortunate because Lexington turned into an independent ball team as well. Um oh man, let me think here. It's really hot in Arkansas. Oh, I can with imagine. The Mariners, the Mariners, uh it's in Little Rock, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. It's right next to the river. And it's like there's you like are like chewing on the air. It's so thick and humid. Um not 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 the most fun place to play. The ball didn't fly either. Um and then this year, man, I was I spent the year in AAA in Omaha and the weather is crazy. Like we had a game, you know, we had a game with it's snowing and it looks like a playoff football game to start the year and then in the middle of the summer all of a sudden it's one oh seven. Mm-hmm. 107, 107 degrees for those that are confused. And they sold tickets that day for a dollar and seven cents. <laughs> oh. But, you know, we're out there playing in it. And I'm yeah. like, oh, and it's like 30 mile an hour winds. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, a couple of places come to mind. But, you know, really, every place can be, you know, one way or the other. But what makes it cool is like you're going through it together with your homies and y'all are like, Mm -hmm. Hey man, remember when we were playing and it was, you know, 150 degrees outside or we were out there playing like we were playing football again. (laughs) Like it just, it just makes the the grind and the journey of it fun that you're going along with it with, uh, with your friends and teammates, you know? No, for sure. I mean, if you're doing that with people you didn't know or in a weird, it's, it makes it definitely so much easier knowing that you're doing it with people who are experiencing that same experience that you are. Um, did you ever have any like weird fan interactions or, cause I know, I know some of these minor league stadiums, the fans are pretty much like on you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I just feel like they're always kind of just around. Yeah. Um, one that I always go back to is just, <laughs> I'm getting on the bus. We're in San Antonio in double A and, uh, we just got done playing against like Tatis and all those guys. And, um, I'm getting on the bus and there's always like a line of people trying to have you sign cards and mm-hmm. they were like, excuse me, what's your name, sir? And I was like, bro, if you don't know my, like, <laughs> if you don't know my name, I'm not signing. Yeah. And it's like, those ones, those ones get you a little bit. It's just like, bro, what, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, you're yeah. going to ask me for my name because we all look the same, right? Like I'm half black, half white. So I look like all the Latinos. Yeah, I was gonna ask if you're Puerto Rican, but no, okay. Nah, I'm, my dad's black, my mom's white, but uh, yeah. you know, I look like all the all the Latinos, mm-hmm, the Venezuelans, mm-hmm. Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, and I'm like, sorry, man, and I just got on the bus. I'm like, no yeah. chance. Dang. Okay. Yeah. It is wow. It is. That's, no, that's, hey, hey, I mean, fans, fans, they'd be lining up like no matter where you are, at what le- what level, they're always trying yeah. to get those autographs. Oh man, they're they're everywhere, but also at the same time, like. I do I do genuinely enjoy like fans that reach out or like mm-hmm. you know do they may be like talking crap talking shit to me but like 
after the game that they're like cool they're like hey man way to play like we enjoyed it and like ninth inning like we become friends you know what i mean yeah um in columbus this year uh, it was like a thursday night and they were still in school so ohio state was in school and it was like college night so they start this like giant beer snake and i was playing in left field and like all the college students were out there and they're like miller you suck blah blah <laughs> and then like they start this beer snake so they're getting rowdy and mm -hmm, all this stuff mm -hmm. and they're like you know, you suck, you won't do this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, you'll see. And I'm two for two at this point. Yeah. So I come up, I come up and they're like, Miller, Miller, right? And I hit a home run off the batter, like the batter's eye. And they like all threw their beers up and were like cheering my name the rest of the game. That was that was one of the coolest uh, minor league moments so far. But they, they showed me love. But at first, you know, they were, it was a tough crowd, but you just got to handle it the right yeah. way. What 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 were, what were some of the what's some of the craziest like insults that are like just like you hear from like the drunkest rattiest people like nothing like too crazy you know but like what right. are some of the dumb things that you've heard? Man, the list is too long. Um, <laughs> I feel like the one that you always hear is like you'll never make you're you're going back to low A and, oh, and yeah. I'm just I'm just sitting out there in the outfield and I'm like, didn't you pay to come watch me yeah. and didn't you come pay to get drunk and watch me pl okay that's what i thought you yeah. know what i mean but like a lot of the times you don't you don't even respond to those because uh, you can just tell like if somebody's at a certain level and mm -hmm, then you've mm -hmm. got and then this year it was the right hand this left hand this all year mm -hmm. long and it's just like nope i'm not doing that either because y'all are trying to get me on tiktok and trying to get me to go viral oh uh, yeah yeah so you don't chirp back then not on those man yeah that's and fair. then you know the ones the ones about your family are always too much right right oh it's like okay you can talk about me exactly. whatever i'm cool with it but like don't don't bring up my wife don't bring up anything yeah anything like that like that's too far for me so I feel um that. and you, you know you see you see it in the nba like guys have been like hey man get these mm -hmm. people out of here because they're talking mm -hmm. like sending death threats towards like their family and it's yeah. like at what point is it too much but most of it, most people are lighthearted and it's it's in good fun. So I, honestly, I enjoy it because I feel like when that comes, that starts happening, I like I just get into a more competitive mode and it just helps me lock in a little bit more. Do you feel like that that you thrive off that that energy, whether negative or positive? Yeah, I, I just like, like I'm just com a competitor, man. Like yeah, I said, I, I grew up I grew up playing basketball, <laughs> so like I I always say this, man. I'm like, man, I'm playing baseball, but I feel like I got a Hooper's mindset towards all this yeah. stuff. So like, you know. That's the only thing about baseball is it's not like me versus you. There's so many other factors. Mm -hmm. It's like umpire, crap, like stand, like mm -hmm. weather conditions. There's yeah. You could smoke a ball off somebody, but like basketball and football, it's like it's me versus you. Mm -hmm. May the best man win, and you got to deal with me for 40-plus minutes. So what are yeah. you going to do about it? <laughs> so I miss that aspect of those things. Did you did you see oh – who was it who posted it? Um, the Reds reliever. Um, he he posted a dunk, his himself dunking on Twitter. It's probably Amir like, Garrett, right? Amir Garrett, I, yeah, yeah. He used to play at St. John's. He was was kind of nice. Yeah, he's a baller. And then I was it's funny because I was just reading that today, and someone had posted like you know check your ERA or something. And I'm like, dude, people are just right. You know, how do you deal with that like negativity um, as a player? Like, because um, like, it can't be easy just listening to that all the time, or yes. not even all the time, but whenever it happens. So here's the thing, right? So I learn, I try to learn from my other my other friends. I got. Mm -hmm friends on the biggest teams in the game dodgers yeah. yankees you name it big leaguers and like really you just don't you don't necessarily listen to the good but you're also not listening to the bad either like you post stuff but like necessarily mm -hmm. why would you be reading through the comments 
Yeah. Or why would you be searching your name on Twitter? Like, you're just asking for it. Yeah. And also, like, that then puts you in a place where if I'm relying on, you know, positive words to build me up, then the negative words are going to hit just, like, twice as hard. And I should be so secure in myself and so um, just confident in who I am and just that the good or the bad don't really affect me. And I just keep moving because... You know, I'm doing this because I love the game and I'm doing this to take care of my family and try to try to make an impact on other people. So really, it's just like checking yourself and making sure you don't go down those rabbit holes. It's very right. it's obviously easier said than done. Yeah. But I, um, I think what you notice as as you just get older and, be, you know, you go through the successes and the ups and the downs where times where you're hot and then other times where it's like quiet, you realize that like everybody wants to be a part of success. Mm-hmm. But. You know, not everybody is there. No, how many people are there f- for you in your corner? And those are the people you really yep. want to celebrate the wins with. And you kind of just take inventory and you remember who was there in the mm-hmm. dark times. And then like who pops back up when it's going great and you're, you know, you're killing it or you're in the show and all all that stuff. So I think it's just it's just knowing that and just trying to keep that circle surrounded with people that were there for you when it was dark. For sure. No, absolutely. That's that's great. That's a really good mindset to have. You talk about those who are in your corner. Uh, you mentioned you're married. How how long have you been married? And how is it um, as a ball player now? Uh, or what are some of the biggest differences, you know, from being single and then now a married player? Well, we've been together for uh, eight years now. Okay. Uh, we met my sophomore year of college, but um, we've been married for yeah, 2018, 2019, 20, three years now. Just okay. just hit three year anniversary. Um, Congrats. Thank you. Um, honestly, man, it helps. It helps a lot. Um, it's hard. The, the long distance was hard at the start, but like now that we're traveling together, mm-hmm. it allows me to kind of keep my mind off the game and 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 try to separate things and, and gives me a sense of purpose outside of the game. Right? Like I'm not. That's like my whole thing. Is like I'm more than an athlete, bigger than a baseball player. Mm-hmm. So. With that means I'm trying to be the best husband I can be as well as a, the best ball player. So, like, when I'm at the field, like, I'm locked in on trying to be the best player I can be. But, like, when, I, when I'm when i done and I'm showered up for the day, like, trying to just leave all that good or bad, take that time and then and then keep it moving um, yeah. into just – sorry, that's my dog. No, the German Shepherd. Oh, nice. Um, security dog. <laughs> um, so just, just kind of being able to shift gears. I think it comes with mm-hmm. uh, just getting older. And yeah. becoming more mature, uh, not easy at first, uh, but now that I've been through the grind for so long, like man, mm-hmm. she's been here through the ups and the downs. That's good. And before I really, before I blew up, and then like through the, like I said, through the kind of ups and the downs, and I know, I know she's in my corner no matter what, and I'm so thankful for that. That's incredible, man. It's just just being able to have um, somebody like that in your corner, um, like not just baseball, but like all walks of life, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's, it's incredible to have that. Um, you talk about your faith a lot as well. Um, wh- wh- how, because I know sometimes it's almost like, don't talk about that, but like you're open about it, which I respect and appreciate that. Yeah, I think there, I think there's a way to do it, man, that, that it's, it's a very tricky line to navigate, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't want, like for me, for me, I don't want to come off as like in your face Yeah. about things, but also like, you know, I have no problem saying like a pregame prayer because for me, like that, that puts me in my right headspace. Sure. And, you know, as I get, as I get older, 
and just continue to like just become more confident and more comfortable mm -hmm. in my own skin like i realized that that's a part of who makes me my best version of myself and just trying to make sure that like spiritually i'm i'm kind of locked in and tapped in mm -hmm. and then everything else kind of falls into place after that like yeah for me um here i'll grab this right here sure sure like right now i've been doing this uh tony dungy okay. uncommon yeah. I, I like start my day that way mm -hmm. and it just kind of puts me in the right frame of mind to to just um not I'm living it's not about me necessarily sure. right like I'm, I'm trying to impact other people yeah and um i think that really i think that really helps me do that and, and keeps me out of the uh the negative self-talk and mm -hmm. just yeah um i don't know it's one of those things that i, I feel like is very important and that, like i said as i continue to get older like now it's, i'm like very aware of like trying to like meditate and, and also kind of pairing the spirituality with faith sure um and trying to have all of those in a line. And then from, th from that, then like I can be my best self and be comfortable in my own skin, yeah. like I said, and not really, you know, get wavered by negative comments or the silence mm -hmm. of, of being a free agent right now, yeah. the lockout, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yep, yep. it just, it just helps, um, navigate through the, through the difficulties, but also keeps you grounded when you know things are really great too because it's easy to it's easy to ride that that roller coaster man and if you if you don't have something that kind of defines who you are then when your identity can get taken away from you or you feel like a failure in a, in a way because baseball went bad yeah man it can really put you in a bad headspace and then it's really hard to perform or bounce back from all that stuff yeah uh, again that's incredible um information for not just baseball players or sports players but you know people in the everyday life that, you know, we have like something we can like just be rooted in to like, yeah. um, cause negative negativity is going to come all the time, right? It's just going to happen. Like things are going to happen. You know, you can't always live on that high of like, everything's going great. You know, <laughs> um, it's, it's good to have, you know, to be grounded and rooted in something. Uh, and faith is definitely something that I, and like my family, uh, I take, I take a lot of, uh, pride in and like, and how that goes um let's let's end on this though i appreciate you coming on i love talking i can talk forever about everything really Me too. but uh what what do you do when you're in your when you're not playing baseball like what what is your what do you do i know you're married um but are you you a cod guy or are you just like you go out what do you do when you're not playing baseball man we love some trash television man <laughs> um right now me and my wife are watching love island season three australia oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> on Hulu, like I said, we love some trash TV. Um, we get so wrapped up in the uh, the relationships and the situationships and yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Um, we listen to a lot of podcasts together, man. Love to cook. Uh, I, I, you heard my dog barking in the background. Mm -hmm. Take him on walks, man. He's the he's the big guy. He's one hundred and five pounds. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I think, I, you know, married life, man. It's really not. You know, people get scared of it. They're like, oh, bro, you're married, bro. You got the ball and chain. I'm like, yeah, yeah. nah, you have no idea. You just got to pick the right one. Like, right, right. We're, we're best friends before we're like, you know, husband and wife. Like, we, we started there and like really have just gotten close to each other. So we spend a lot of time doing stuff together. And um, we've traded out the, you know, the going out, the, the single like bar, especially with COVID and everything. Yeah. Um, traded that out like a, a night out is, is now like, 
getting around with like some of your like closest friends or just like, mm -hmm. you know, having some wine or having some bourbon. Uh, like I said, I live here in Kentucky. So, you know, sitting around and you guys just, just kind of chopping it up and talking about how mm -hmm. things are going and talking about life and really just continuing to kind of solidify that circle around you and, and, yeah. and that support system, man. But yeah, there's, we do a lot of stuff and it, it, honestly doing it together as opposed to doing it alone, right? Like what's, what if you gain the world, but you don't have anybody else to celebrate it, celebrate it with? Like, then it, yep. is it really that fun? So, yep. um, yeah, man, I, I, I love my wife and, you know, we have a lot of fun together doing a lot of stuff that's just low key, but also we don't have any problems having fun either. That's awesome. Right on. I appreciate that. Well, hey, I do want to thank you for coming on again, Anderson. I, I can't wait to see you. Uh, what this next step is for you. Um, we'll see what happens with free agent. I know it's an, it's an incredible time with like the lockout and all that stuff. It can't, yeah. it can't be easy. And, but you know what, just keeping your faith, having your family there to support you, uh, your wife, your dog, you know, yes, sir. Um, for sure. I think, I think you're going to be all right. Anderson. like I said, speak it into existence. Dude. Hey, like, we'll, we'll see so, you. Uh, we'll see you pitching somewhere or playing, not pitching playing yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Pitching is, is plan B or the team I'm playing for is getting blown out. But um, <laughs> You know, we already we already spoke it into existence, and you know I know that that's out of my control. So yeah, I've really tried to true. take accountability for everything that I can, and I know that whoever does call me, you'll be glad you did. For sure, for sure. All right, Anderson, I do uh, thank you for coming on. You have a great rest of your day. You too, my man. As a charge nurse, you can be a confident and dynamic leader who supports the nursing team and guides their patient care. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program equips you with strategies that prepare you to manage the ever-changing realities of healthcare while maintaining focus on family support and patient outcomes. What do you think making a difference in healthcare looks like? GCU offers over 250 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.